0: Greetings on this good day that the Lord has made. I'm Joe Van Hoogen, and this is the Bread of Life. Our program is presented by the International Disciple-Making Ministry Church Partnership Evangelism. I encourage you to learn more about the amazing work that we're doing all around the world. You can go to traincpe.org, and you can follow the links there, or you can follow all the links from our webpage at breadoflifeboise.org. There you'll also learn about our Missions Church Fellowship in Boise, Idaho, and it's from that fellowship that we share with you God's Word. Our message under consideration is a conclusion on the topic of what Christ taught about the cross. We are ending with four places where God takes us in order to view the meaning of the cross. We'll put the tape back and cover the first two points again today. Those places are the temple, where we learn of God's wrath against sin, and the way that that wrath was diverted from us onto Him. Then in the marketplace, we'll see that Christ came to buy us back from our own enslavement to sin with His precious blood. And then we'll go to the courtroom where God won the case that set us free, justly free from the penalty we were facing. And finally, we'll go to the home and see that His salvation has brought us back into the arms of our loving Father. That the wages of sin is death and must be a punishment made and required. And this is called propitiation. The idea is in propitiation that God diverts his anger against sin upon the sacrifice. Paul says in Romans chapter 3 verses 24 and 25 this. God has set him, Jesus Christ, forth to be a propitiation. Through faith in his blood. He is the one who adverts God's anger against our sin. In first John chapter 4, verse 10 says, Herein is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be a propitiation for our sins. The temple sacrifices day in and day out bore the message that unloving God hates sin and will vent his righteous anger upon and wrath upon its object, but that God in love has made it so that another may bear the brunt of his wrath upon itself instead of it coming upon us. Another might be placed as the object of God's wrath and judgment in order that that we might escape that wrath and judgment and that God's fury against sin might be appeased in another. Though he hates our sin, he loves us and he diverts his wrath away from us and upon himself and we see this in the temple. You've not seen that before. You've never gone to the temple and seen it, but the Jews would recognize it. The Jews would have understood it. This portrayal and this picture of God's judgment against sin and the turning away of the wrath of God's judgment against sin upon the object of the sacrifice. The second one is the cross is this place of redemption. And now God takes us away from the temple and He brings us into the marketplace, the slave marketplace their individuals have bonded themselves into slavery. Oftentimes they've run out of their resources, they have to raise some funds, they have some debt to pay, and so they give themselves over and bond to slavery in order to pay whatever debts they have. And the image here is that because of our sin, we have sold ourselves into slavery. We've enchained ourselves and embonded ourselves to sin and slavery. And Christ has come to buy us out of slavery at the cost of his own life. He gives his life in our place. He gives himself up and surrenders himself up to our chains in order that we might be set free from that bondage ourselves. And then he enters into death and he breaks those chains. He overcomes our bondage and sin. In 1 Peter 1, verses 18 and 19, Peter calls us to live worshiping God knowing this, knowing that we were not redeemed. That means bought with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by the tradition of your fathers, but with the precious blood, that means the precious life of Christ, as a lamb without blemish and without spot. When Jesus is speaking in Mark chapter 10, verse 45, he says, I have not come to be served, but to serve And to give myself a ransom for many. And that word ransom there means the price of redemption. I've given myself as the price for your redemption from your captivity and slavery and sin. Christ has set us free from the bondage at the price of his own blood. Just as God through the Passover set the people of Israel free from their slavery in Egypt, so God through the price of his son sets us free from the bondage of sin that we bought ourselves in. Here's the third one. The cross is the place of justification. Now, this is the image of a courtroom. The first one is the image of a temple and the sacrifices that take place in the temple. The second is an image of the marketplace where slaves are sold and held in chains. And the third now is the place of a courtroom where judgment takes place and sinners are judged and their punishment is set before them or where they're set free and they're declared not to be liable for any crime. And the Lord Jesus has paid the penalty for our sins and he's justified us in such a way that we are no longer liable for our crimes because he's paid for the crime himself. It's not that we've not committed crimes, we have. But he's come to bore the penalty on our behalf and has extended to us in our sins place himself and credited to us all of his righteousness. Our sin goes on him, his righteous life comes upon us We receive this by faith. We can't work for it. We simply look to Christ by faith and receive what he has done for us. He says, this is the cup of the new covenant which is given for the remission of your sins. Paul says this in Romans 3 verses 23 and 24. He takes together all these images that I've just given to you. The image of the justification that comes to us at the law court. The image of the redemption that comes to us when we're bought back from the slave market, the image of the propitiation that's made before an angry God in the temple. And he says this in Romans 3:23 and 24. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Verse 24, being justified freely by his grace. There it is in the law court. Through redemption that is in Christ Jesus. There we're redeemed out of the slave market, whom God has set forth as a propitiation by his blood. There we are rescued from God's wrath. Through faith, through faith, to demonstrate God's righteousness. Here's the final one. The cross is a place of reconciliation. Now we go from the temple, now we go from the slave market, now we go from the law court, and now we're brought into the home, the family home. We are reconciled and we're brought into relationship with God. At the meal, Jesus took that cup that represented his life, his blood shed for us in the new covenant. He said this is a new relationship that's made available, a relationship of covenant commitment that is procured through not your obedience to the law, but through my life poured out for you because you've broken the law. By faith in me and my cross, you now can come into relationship and reconcile to God. This is the keystone that's being put in place. God's anger for sin is met in the cross. Our bondage to sin is broken at the cross. God's justice set against sin is justly met in Jesus Christ as his punishment is set upon him in our place at the cross and every point of enmity between us and God has now been erased by God himself and we have atonement and the English word for atonement is at one again we're brought to be at one again with God we're brought near to him and made one with God through the sacrifice of his son Jesus Christ here we realize friendship with the friend of sinners here Jesus brings us back home into the family of God. Our adoption is a reconciliation with God, and our message becomes to all the world for all to hear an invitation to come home in the arms of God and be loved by the one who has loved you with an everlasting love, the one who has conquered your sin because he loved you even though he hated your sin. Here's the conclusion. Here's the last point here. The cross has to be appropriated by us. The Lord Jesus took this meal and he explained its meaning and its purpose and then the Lord Jesus said, take, eat, this is my body. Drink from it all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant for the forgiveness of your sins. These words that Jesus is pronouncing to his disciples begin to make clear because they understood what it meant. They understood that they were embracing the sacrifice and the meaning of the Passover meal for themselves to rescue them from their bondage. And this began to make clear what Jesus was saying when he spoke all those days back. You know, in John 6, when he spoke to the individuals, those startling words where he said, Unless you take and eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in yourself whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up in the last day. For my flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. You must eat my flesh, and you must drink my blood in order that you might abide in me, and I in you. Now it makes sense. He was speaking about a future event. He was speaking about a sacrifice he was to make. He was speaking about the cross. And our willingness by faith to believe it To look anticipatingly and believingly upon him and to take in what he was offering in full faith, knowing that he was making the way for us to be saved. He was laying in place and has now laid in place the keystone in order that through him we might, might enter into his everlasting kingdom. And all that's left to be done, because the meal has been set, all that's left to be done is for us to take it and eat it. For us to take it and embrace it. That's it. That's faith. That's what he's offering I have fervently desired to share this meal with you. I've longed, having loved his own, he loved them to the end. I've longed, lovingly longed to open up this meal for you. This is what we enjoy day in, day out. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ and you believe in him, this is what your faith in Jesus Christ has accomplished for you. It's brought you into the center of the cross so that you can say, I've determined to know nothing in my life and to know Jesus in no way no way but through the sacrifice and the finished work that he's made for me on the cross. This makes sense of all of his teaching. This is why he invites me to follow him. This is why he invites me to proclaim him. This is why he calls upon me to receive the fullness of his life in the spirit. All these things are mine, my inheritance, my relationship by way of the cross. I just eat it. I just drink it in by faith. You have to abandon yourself. You have to abandon your soul to faith in Him and appropriate this by faith, laying hold of Him and drinking Him in. That's the Christian life. That's what Christ has purposed and intended. And that's our message to others. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. How do you sum up the fullness of the work that our Savior that He's provided for us? Thousands of years a preparation preparing for that moment hundreds of years of sacrifice in the temple paving an understanding for the people all the teaching of our Lord Jesus coming to earth declared to be the lamb who was slain before the foundations of the world your design your plan through the, before the ages the all knowing God knowing our sin knowing our rebellion knowing his just judgment against it knowing his intense hatred of it, knowing his love for us, longing to bring us and retrieve us to himself. How do we begin to grasp it and understand it? And Oh God, this is not just in this moment, not just in this life. This is eternity. To worship and adore the lamb that was slain, our lion who was conquered on our behalf. May you take joy in receiving all Christ accomplished at the cross, By your faith in him alone, God's wrath is removed from your life. Your bondage in sin is broken, and you are brought out of slavery to it. Your penalty for crimes committed is paid, and you're set free, justified in Christ. And your separation from God is ended in reconciliation there at the cross as well. Thanks for listening in today to the Bread of Life. Keep the missionaries of church partnership evangelism in your prayer, will you? missionaries in Ecuador, Cambodia, India, Indonesia, Greece, and Bulgaria. Pray that God would release them as bold witnesses for himself in these places. To find out more about our ministry, go to breadoflifeboise.org. Until the next time, may God bless you.